Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's, it's the, the Arner Adventures, Adventures Podcast. Podcast. Hey everyone, I'm Shannon. And I'm Jerry. Betty White, our pup, is hanging here with us and we are here with another one of our guest episodes. This is the second in our series, Sparkin' Our Lives. Sounds like a soap opera, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, but no drama here. This is a drama-free zone, right? Yeah, we wish. Is there an <laughs> app for that? <laughs> if you're an app developer for drama-free zone, send us your information. Maybe you can be a sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> oh, gosh. We are hilarious. Yes, we are. Uh, before we get to the episode, which we're super excited about, um, we would like to read a review of the week. This was a really great past week of reviews. We... <sighs> We asked for reviews. We we begged for reviews, and you guys <laughs> delivered. Wow. It's so wonderful. First of all, it's so wonderful to see so much love. I think, you know, when you're a blogger, you don't – well, of course, you don't have reviews, but um, I, for something like this, I think just for you guys to tell us what you think of the podcast and to have just so much love, it's heartwarming and amazing and Really nice, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this one is from Paxton.90. And Paxton says, new to the pods. These podcasts really make my Tuesdays. They are always so light and easy to listen to and full of information. The Arners are so fun. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. And full of exciting <laughs> stories and day-to-day -day helpful tasks we sometimes don't think about ourselves. Let's <sighs> go back to so fun. <laughs> right. And those day-to-day -day helpful tasks must be the declutter challenge. Ah, and they have to be. It must be. <laughs> um, so thank you, Paxton. That is so nice. We sent Paxton a Sugar Wish gift pack. Um, we have to add this because, you know, if you've been following along since the beginning, you know that we're newbies here. We're, we're newbies in the podcast world. So we, um, you know, ha had have this this grand idea to do this contest every week. And um, it had been pretty easy in the beginning because we did not have a lot of reviews. Fortunately, we had the issue this week that when we were going through, we didn't realize that it was going to be sort of difficult to contact people because we didn't know that you can't just contact people in the reviews. <laughs> so um, fortunately, um, some people's names in there sort of match where we can contact them or a lot of times they have tagged us on Instagram. And so we can sort of, when we draw a name, we can, you know, match them up. But a lot of you, we can't. So um, if you leave a review, if you can just sort of message us, and if, if you're hearing this and you're leaving a review to enter the contest as well, just message us and let us know. Um, or tag us on Instagram just to let us know. Or if there's, if there's something we're missing and you guys... <laughs> Want to give us the inside scoop of how we're supposed to know that? Let us know that too. Yes, um, any suggestions are helpful. Yeah, golly, I mm -hmm. feel like a granny here. But anyway, okay. But thank you, Paxson. So so nice. Um, hope you enjoy your your sugar wish. Yeah, and well, on a high note, let's let's get to it, y'all. Uh, this episode is a really great one, especially if you're a music fan, because this guest is someone 
who, without spoiling it, is in the music industry and was definitely on the top of our list of people we wanted to bring in as a guest. Um, he's someone that inspires us with the way he lives his life and inspires other. Uh, he's just a great guy, somebody I like to call friend, and uh, let's, let's get to the show. So, you know, all of our guest episodes are all about introducing you to people who've inspired us, who have ignited a spark in our lives. And boy, oh boy, does this guy do that. So do you want to tell everyone who our guest is? Oh, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> Ladies and gents, our guest today is none other than Chuck Phillips. Let me tell you about Chuck. Chuck Phillips is a North Carolina native, so obviously we have a little something in common. Chuck is a singer, songwriter, and musician who we had the pleasure of meeting a few years ago in Washington, North Carolina. Chuck plays all across all of Eastern North Carolina, both solo and with his quartet, the Chuck Phillips Band. In addition to performing, he hosts a podcast called Washington City Limits, featuring local North Carolina artists who write original music. He also runs a home studio producing tracks for other artists. He has played from New York to England, to Holland, to the Bahamas, and beyond. We're elated to have Chuck as a guest on our podcast. Chuck, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be like one of the first. Am I the first guest on your podcast? You're <laughs> definitely one of the first. Well, <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I always enjoy any content that y'all are putting out there. So I'm excited to be involved in it. Oh, oh well, wonderful. thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Likewise. Yeah. Likewise. Yep. Yeah. Um, Where are you currently? Where are you right now? Right now, I'm in, at home in my in state. Washington. Yeah, in Washington. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, we we were talking about how you know synergy between, of course, because we're in North Carolina and you're North Carolina. I know Jerry knows you a lot a lot better than I do, but um, Jerry and I were talking about some of the adventures that um, he has talked to you about, and I know has a lot of questions and are audience has has submitted some questions which we'll get to and um some of them know your work and we're so excited about talking to you about a lot of that but um sort of if you don't mind if you don't can kind of start from a little bit about the beginning but it is washington your home base washington is where i was born and where i grew up and where i went to high school and i went to college just right down the road in greenville at ecu Okay. It was not until after college that I really started started the adventure. That's the, but, but you were writing songs and such from a, a pretty young age, though, right? So well, yeah, the music thing's always been around. I mean, I, I was yeah. I started playing guitar. I, I was interested in music. That was like my first, really, honestly, my first interest in life. Even when I was like five, my parents have a video of me at four or five years old, maybe dressed up as Huey Lewis. With a microphone, yeah, lip syncing to his record on my Fisher Price record player. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh! It just it it captured me from day one. So music's always been the thing for me. That is really neat. Yeah, I, I remember reading about the Huey Lewis thing in your in your <laughs> in your bio. I always wanted to ask you about that. So that's that's what's so cool about this is like those, those kind of things. It's like, I finally get to ask Chuck. Fisher Price really had a, a, (laughs) my first, I think I was a tape recorder, but it was Fisher Price. So Fisher Price really um, rings in my head for music. Like the first, they had a corner on the child audio market. back. Yes. They did. did. Yeah. That's, that's the starting one. If you start with that, you're, you're starting at a good point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You, uh, you can only it can only get better from there, right? No, Huey Lewis was my first. I don't know why Huey Lewis. I don't know where that came from. I guess because he was really exploding at the moment in the early oh, 80s. Oh yeah, uh, he That's- was everywhere, and MTV was you know his videos were on MTV. That was kind of a fresh thing. And, when MTV played videos, yeah, and I don't know. Well, that I, initial I album was a really good album. Pretty solid, you know. All the tracks. Or, are you talking about sports? Yeah, yeah. I got a fun fact to interject too. I don't know if you know this, but his band, the uh, this is a a a favorite album of mine. The very first Elvis Costello album, 1977, is called My Aim Is True. 
a lot of that Huey Lewis band was the backing bands on that album. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's a it's a solid album. It's it's a really good debut album. But I know that it was before he actually threw his band together. He needed somebody to record this album, and from what I know, it was basically what what, what became the news. I think. Well, they were a fabulous band. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, real tight band. Yeah. Right, man. Oh yeah, God. Uh huh. Yeah, that's for sure. That was my first um, concert also when I was five years old. My oh, parents, really? My parents oh. took me to see Huey Lewis. I, I was happy. Oh, no, that's, that's, a good, that's a good first concert, I think. <laughs> that is. You know, I never saw him until a few years ago. We went to see Jimmy Buffett, and he was the opener. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. At, the, uh, at Walnut Creek. Yeah. About, what, 20, probably four or five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, pretty recent. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that's that was kind of neat because – so many years I, I i don't even think i knew he was playing at that point but uh it's like okay he's yeah. got the thing going and that was a good opener for that show yeah 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 <laughs> got the party um, <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. he did we were excited about it i remember being excited yeah oh yeah i definitely was it's a good time yeah and i know you, we know you're a big buffett fan too i'm into some of these questions here I was listening to the, the album today, not the EP, not the Christmas one, but the album from last year. Yeah. And I, you know, and just, once again, I thought, uh, and especially for me, the whole thing's good. Side one really just always it comes to me like, that's just a, that's a good album side. I just like the way that that thing goes, you know? Well, thank you for saying that. And, yeah, sure. And I think, and I was thinking to myself, well, you got the single. That's the, the the second song, "The Devil in Disguise," and then you got the the last song on the on the album on the side. Yeah, got me praying. Got, got me praying, praying got which me is praying. a great song. But I kind of like the middle part where "Cry, Cry, Cry" and "Hey Emily." I think they just kind of wake that uh, anchor that side down just so nicely, right there. I, I really I put a lot of thought into the order that I wanted the tracks to be on that album. I wanted to uh -huh. have, I wanted to have a certain flow to it. So coming right. from someone um, a music aficionado as yourself, that means a lot <laughs> to me. Well well great. Yeah. And I hope and I, I, I think that probably came through in that that review that time. Yeah. That I wrote. But I, I really did I, I thought, yeah, boy, he really uh well, you know, besides for just the good songwriting, I thought it was laid out so good, the sequencing and all that. I just, I, yeah, that and that aside, just I thought, wow, that is just so wonderful. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm not speaking from a standpoint of being a music, you know, critic at all, but I love Greta Garbo. <laughs> Greta I, Garbo. I love it so much. Anytime Jerry's playing that album, I, I just, and he'll play it, I go, put it on repeat, put it on repeat. When we just listen to that song mm -hmm. over and over again. I that's love one, it. It's one of my favorites on the album also, honestly. And it was one of the last ones I wrote for the album. Oh. It almost wasn't on there, but it kind of popped out. Just one of those songs that popped out really quick. And Are you a Greta Garbo fan? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's. I was reading a book about her at the time. I, I was probably over halfway through it. So it was like... And it, as the book went on and it was describing her career and each movie that she did and, you know, as her career was building, I was watching the movies as I was reading the book as the book. Was oh. So I really just had Garbo in my head and I was just playing this little guitar late one day and started. I didn't sit down to write a song about Greta Garbo, but just because I was reading it and watching the movies every day, it, that was just the first thing that came out was. He talked just like Greta Goa. And from there, it just wrote itself. Oh, I love it. That's that's fascinating. Yeah, that is. I um, I I know. I think I I know. I tagged you on um Instagram when when we did this, but we were um over the summer we were in Key West, and I happened to be I don't even know why I was by myself. I think I was walking back to the hotel for something and meandered down this random little side street and there was this bar I'd never seen. I mean, just when you think you've seen everything in Key West and there was this little bar called Garbo's and, and it was right when, when like we were playing your album all the time 
Oh, and yeah, like, you, you did tag me in that photo. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? And so then I started texting everybody we were with, and I go, okay, I'm, I'm at this place called Garbo's, and this is where it is. And so you guys meet me over here. And so then everybody started coming over, and, and then, yeah, we tagged you. And, did and you said, go in? Okay. Did you hang out? Yeah, yeah, we hung out, and then um, and then I played the song. I think I put the song in it and stuff. But yeah, I was so excited. I was like, "How random is that?" There, you know, it's like you know when you buy a red car and you see the red car everywhere. I'm like, "What would I have seen Garbo?" Wow. Was you know? was it Garbo themed, or it just happened to be called that? It just happened to be called Garbo's, it, and it was this red vintage sign, you know. And there was nothing about her there. I don't even know why it was called that. And it was like an outside you know, cool outside bar. And it was just no frills. Actually, I don't know. I happen to have it just conveniently sitting here on my desk. Oh, oh. oh wow. I know, this, I know this isn't video. They won't be able to see that. But that's the book I was reading when I wrote the song. Okay. Oh, okay. We'll put it. Who, who wrote it? Karen Swenson. Okay, we'll link it down in the show notes. What's neat about the song, too, is... um. I know you told me you tried to do every song on that album in a different style. Yes. And, and which really worked, you know, pretty effectively. And, and there were some surprises for me too. I, I just thought, and I think I mentioned it when I did that review, I thought, you know, I think like people that are sort of more into that indie rock thing could appreciate some of these things and stuff like that. Greta Garbo. I, I just felt like it was more one of those, what you think of as an indie rock style or does that make sense or yeah um, yeah i was trying i don't know if you know much about greta garbo but she was very um reclusive and private uh-huh and she one of her most famous quotes is i just want to be left alone oh uh, i know that one yeah I felt I feel that a lot too. I like <laughs> yeah, me too. I like to have my, I like to have my time to myself. And really, honestly, at the height of her career, she walked away from it and became a a, a hermit and a recluse, and nobody ever yeah, saw her. Right. Yeah. Um. And you know, I tried. That's I was trying to create that mood in that song, and it, it kind of that's why it's got that kind of eerie intro. That ding 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 ding. ding yeah. Ding. I tried to make it a little dark and moody just because she was very dark and moody. And um, and, it, and it really worked. She would drive up the California coastline and find a empty section of beach and just stand there. Somebody, uh, John Gilbert, who she dated for a while, almost married. She never got married. Um, uh -huh. Found her one day. He, nobody could find her. And he went driving up the coast and found her just like, Standing on the beach, empty beach, just staring out to the ocean for hours, just staring, standing there, staring. Wow. And wow. So I, was, I was trying to, that line, empty beaches wide, Greta Garbo, don't come around. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That was all just trying to convey the loneliness and the... Oh, wow. I just got chills. And it, yeah, and you, you did a really good job. And at the same time, there's that nice little, do -do -do -do, like a, kind of almost like a, ha a counter happy little melody that goes through it too kind of makes it sound interesting yeah well it's i didn't want to write a song about greta garbo wasn't that you know yeah <laughs> yeah so i kind of put the spin on it of i was telling uh i knew a girl i was involved with a girl that reminded me of greta garbo that talked like greta garbo that walked like greta garbo uh-huh that was the spin instead of just saying greta yeah. garbo was an actress and you know what yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, that no, was really good. I love it so much. Well, thank you. So the Chuck Phillips band has taken a little time off, and uh, you're thinking to yourself, what can I do as a side project to just entertain a, a, a totally different aspect of, of my musical interests? What uh, two, one or two bands would you model uh, just a toss-together together band on just to have something a little different than what you do with the Chuck Phillips band? What, what do you mean that I would like to play with? Yeah, sort of an, an alter an alter ego type of, of band uh, for you. I, honestly, like, like I like, imaginary. Uh, yeah. Just something like a like a project that would be a little different, something a little different from the Chuck's Chuck Phillips band. Yeah. Well, actually, we're kind of we're getting ready to start a project like that. Actually. Ah. Um, okay. 
But I'd like to do something a little more in the style of the not not to harp on Greta Garbo, but you know how you were talking about that song had a had an indie feel to it, and it sounded right. a little different than the rest of the stuff on the album. Yeah, I'd like to pursue that avenue a little bit more as far as the sound of a band and uh-huh. putting a record together that had more of that overall vibe instead of just one song on it like that. Uh-huh. That's a neat idea. Yeah. yeah. That's a really interesting idea because that because that works so well as one song. Yeah, I can really see where you think, wow, how, that, how could you get a whole mood like yeah. that on an album? That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just I, kind of different than what the band, the style that the band does now. Right. Um, but we're kind of moving towards that direction. The band actually, um, you might be the first people that have heard this. Uh, I don't oh, think, is that good? <laughs> I don't think we've told anybody yet, but. The, the band is going to be doing a little bit of rebranding. Um, uh-huh. We're trying to come up with a, a new name for the band. Okay. Uh, instead of the Chuck Phillips band. I, I was okay. never crazy about the Chuck Phillips band, but we didn't want to come up with a name. And now I, I remember why, because we've been trying to come up with one for two months and nobody can agree on it. Okay. So we just right. called it the Chuck Phillips band. And it was a trio at that point. And yeah. Right. I had formed it. I had really put the band together to play my music. Uh, when I had my album coming out and all that stuff. Okay. Now, now it's kind of changed dynamics. We've got Brian Burke has joined the band, who's an incredible singer-songwriter from Winterville. Uh, and he's just got really great songs. And Sonny, our bass player, writes his own songs as well. So we've got three songwriters in the band now. And yeah. our goal is to become more of an original band instead of we'll play a couple of covers here and there. But right now we're mainly a cover band. Um, yeah. So we want to focus more on our original music and being that we have three guys that are all singing lead and writing their own songs. It doesn't feel right to call it the Chuck Phillips band anymore. So we're pursuing a different name and sound for the band sometime that will happen sometime this year. Well, that's pretty interesting, Chuck. You actually got ahead to what was kind of going to be my next question. I, 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 I felt like, I well, I did watch the Brian Burke episode, one of the early uh, Washington City first, Limits. First one, actually, that was the very first one. Was that the very first one? Okay, that's great. And that was before he became a band member, but I remember really enjoying it. And uh, when he became a band member, I thought that I thought that feels kind of interesting to me because he seemed to have a little bit of uh, his influences. I felt were maybe a little bit different than. Yours and uh, Sonny's. Way, way different. All right. I mean, we like the same stuff, you know, but. Sure. Uh, as far as his go-to stuff that influenced him growing up, a lot of it is bands I had never even heard of before. Uh-huh. So it's Yeah, now he looks like he could be, uh, have like an, uh, a subscription to the, uh, to uh, the online magazine Prog, Mo- Mo- Prog Rock Monthly or something. <laughs> yeah, I can see I don't that. know. I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> no, he seems like, uh, you know, not even that so much, maybe prog rock, but I think I remember um, he was saying on there that he had been uh, in a band that played uh, uh, maybe U2 and Pearl Jam and that. And I thought, well, that's a little different from maybe what you guys are influenced by. And I thought, well, this would probably be a, sort of an interesting mix. It's, it's been great. We've been, as a band, we've been rehearsing a lot of Brian's original songs just because we already play a lot of mine and Sonny's. So we're trying to bring his into the fold. And right. it's just been really cool to kind of, as a band, bring his songs to life because he hadn't played with a band before. He's just a solo acoustic guy. Yeah. So everybody kind of coming up with their parts and because uh, his songs sound so different writing style from what Sonny and I do. Yeah. Um, it's been really cool and, and exciting. We've told you about one of our favorite partners, Sugar Wish, but let us tell you about what they now have as a gift option. Vino! Vinebox by Sugar Wish is the perfect gift for a wine lover or someone who wants to get into wines to dabble a bit. If you're looking for corporate gifts, oh, or even for Valentine's, check out Vinebox by Sugarwish. They are handpicked by the glass packaging. The by the glass format allows you to try regions and grapes that you've never heard of or were hesitant to buy an entire bottle of. 
Think of it as a tasting room for small wineries all over the globe, delivered straight to your door. We received a vine box and were able to choose three wines to taste from France. We received a little booklet about them, and now I have opened up my palate to new varieties. How fancy! These wines aren't available at your local store. This is the stuff that you stumble across on a back road trip through Tuscany. The gems that local restaurants save for a special occasion. Oh, it's so easy. You just go to the website, sugarwish.com, choose Vine Box, choose the size of the gift, enter a personalized message and note tailored to the person you're sending it to, and it arrives to that person in their email or text. They choose the wine, and then it's delivered straight to their door. Use code Betty White. That's all caps, one word, Betty White, to save $7 off your gift. We also have the link in the show notes. Vinebox by Sugarwish. Happiness guaranteed. Now back to the show. Going back to um, the beginning uh, about like when we were talking about, I mean, adventures, what what was the first play, like, what was the first big adventure that you would say that your music music took you on? Or, like, the most memorable one that music took you on? Yeah, I don't know, like, my music specifically took, uh-huh. me, took me on an adventure. But music itself has taken me on a lot of adventures. You know, yeah. going to see an artist play or or you know, going to a concert yeah, has turned into probably, probably the biggest adventure that that's turned into was um, Al Stewart, who probably most people won't know, <laughs> but I know, I know you do Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, had a huge smash hit back in the seventies with the song year of the cat. And, um, and also a song called time passages and time. Yeah. Rose to Moscow. He had some great songs. Year of the cat. I think is probably what people, if they know him, that's what they'll know him for. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody had given me an old box. I'm a big vinyl record guy. I love listening mm-hmm. to vinyl. And somebody had given me a box of vinyl records and I was kind of thumbing through and I had never heard of Al Stewart. This this was when I was in college. And I pulled it out just because the cover looked so interesting. I thought, I gotta check this out. And the first song I dropped the needle on was called In Brooklyn. If you've never heard that song, check check that song out in Brooklyn. Sure. And I was immediately taken by it. And the, uh-huh. next, the next song was just as good. And the next song, I was like, how have I not heard of this guy? <laughs> <laughs> so I looked him up. I didn't know if he was alive or dead or still making music or what. I looked him up and he was playing in Oriental, North Carolina. Like, what? Wow. The next month. So I thought, uh-huh. wow. What? I've got to go see him. Yeah. Uh, Oriental? Yeah. At a little theater down there that holds like. 200 people maybe and an old like vaudeville top looking really really cool little theater um i had a sailboat at the time i've always been big in this boating and sailing Mm -hmm. and my girlfriend and i at the time thought right well oriental is like the sailing capital of north carolina yeah Uh washington where i live is on the water so we thought right well we'll get on the sailboat we'll sail to oriental and we'll go to the al stewart concert so we did we sailed down to oriental Ah. we got there the day before Pulled into the marina and we got off the boat. We needed some water, uh, bottled water, you know, because you you got to carry your stuff on the boat with you that you use. And I had never been to Oriental before. So we were literally just walking down the street, looking around for a shop or something where we could buy some water. And I looked down the street and here comes Al Stewart walking towards towards us down the street. Wow. What? Oh, wow. And I was like. Oh, okay, I got that cool. I got that cool. <laughs> he was with his uh, he was with his tour manager whose name was Neville. It was just the two of them coming walking down the street. I guess they they were just out walking around before the show, like seeing the town. Yeah, and we stopped. They we were the only people on the street. It was like a little dirt back alley we were walking down, and we stopped and and had a brief conversation. Said we're going to the show tonight, and he said, "Oh, great." And we said, have y'all been in town long? Do you know like where the store is where we could get some water? And he said, oh, it's uh, he, he's Scottish. Uh, 
So are you going to do it? Are you going to do this? No, I can't do it that way. Yeah, uh, it's quite a ways down the road. So um, why don't you hop in the car and we'll give you a ride? <gasps> what? Like, wow. I was like pinching myself. <laughs> so a uh, long story short, we got in the car with Al Stewart. He took us to the grocery store. I'm, well, I'm walking around the grocery store in Oriental. He came inside with us. We're walking around the grocery store with Al Stewart. Got our water. He took us back and dropped us off at the boat. Said, I'll see you tonight. And we went to the show. What? Ended up meeting him again after the show and said, well, we're going to go down the street to a little bar here. Would you like to come have a drink with us? And he said, sure. Couldn't believe he said, sure. <sighs> we ended up going out that night together and singing karaoke together. Oh, and what? He was just the nicest guy in the world. I got to talk to him about his music. And then mm -hmm. at the end of the night, he was getting ready to leave. And I said, oh, I got like one or two more questions I want to ask you because I know I'll never see you again. And he said, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Neville has asked his manager, have you, have you got a pen and paper? Neville handed him. He wrote down his home phone number and gave it to me. Wow. And long story short, we've become friends. We talk on the phone. We email. What? Uh, uh, I had dinner with him and his wife when I was in L.A. about last month. He invited my sister and I over to his apartment and we had some, he's a big wine collector. He showed us his wine. So, wow. Uh, that's probably one of the biggest adventures that music, okay, has, yeah. music has taken me on. Is, yeah. Uh, I'm that's an ongoing adventure. Yeah. I got an email from him actually when the Christmas in Carolina song came out. That, um, he just said, good job. It's very catchy. Wow. Yeah, that's right. I knew about that. And I knew about Al, but I didn't know all that backstory. So that's that is amazing. Well, I tried to compress it, but um, we've met up quite a lot since then. Whenever he's playing on the East Coast, he'll send he'll he'll send me a free ticket to the show, and uh, we'll we'll meet up. And I became really good friends with his tour manager Neville, who um, used to work for David Bowie also, mm -hmm. and wrote part of David Bowie's autobiography, uh, one of the biographies on him. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Neville's come and stayed with me at my house and, and worked on a book that he was writing and I've gone and stayed with Neville in England and we've gone to Keith Richards house uh, wow. down in Redlands wow. <laughs> oh, uh, Keith was not God. home but we just wanted to see the famous Redlands house and yeah, uh -huh. uh, I looked in the trash can and there was an empty bottle of Grey Goose vodka which I've heard is what Keith drank so I was very quick to take that out of the trash can oh, and back home to America with it yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to think I have a bottle of Keith's vodka sitting on my bar over there. One hundred percent, you do. <laughs> wow, this just keeps getting better. And better. It does. Oh my gosh. This could have been its own episode. The I Al, know. The Al episode. Yeah, well, sorry. I'm trying to compress a lot of those stories, but um, <laughs> that that ended up being a really, really uh, interesting experience for me and yeah and amazing for me to get to meet somebody of that caliber that i looked up to as a songwriter and that i can now say is my friend i mean that's that's just blows my, i still i still pinch myself thinking about that sometimes well and i think that like you you said you said maybe not through your music but i think that it in turn then did a, i think it probably then in turn did sort of fluctuate and then probably did affect you in your music now you of know course, of course i mean any i think anything you go through in life good or bad adventure yeah um influences what you can what you that well that you pull from to, to write we put out into the like i said the newsletter that um you were coming on and one of the biggest questions we got from people were um people knew that you had met some pretty famous people. A lot of people are familiar with your work. And um, I think that they had also seen on your Instagram that you had met Jimmy Buffett. And so there's a lot of questions about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did meet Jimmy Buffett. Um, we got a great picture together where it looks like we've known each other our whole lives. But in reality, <laughs> that meeting was not as um, involved as maybe the Al Stewart meeting, you know. <laughs> Uh, but it was still, I mean, I look up to Jimmy Buffett. He's been a huge, you know, I mentioned earlier that I'm, I've always been big into boating and sailing. And um, Sure. I worked in yachting for quite a few years. I have my captain's license. So the, okay. I've always really related to Buffett's story. And, his mm -hmm. and 
I just I, I sometimes when you mention Jimmy Buffett, people are really quick to write him off because they think he's Margaritaville and Cheeseburger in Paradise, and that's about it. Yeah, I mean, they don't really know the breadth of work that he's put out, and right, what yeah. a Renaissance man he is. You know, he's I know written, he's written novels. He's written, you know, uh, he's a pilot. He flies, flies, and he's flown around the way. You know, yeah, he's, he's just such an interesting guy, and his. Uh, his story crosses so many paths with people like Ernest Hemingway. And yeah, um, uh-huh. you know, I wish I had gotten to spend more time with him, but we had a quick meeting here in Washington, actually of all places mm-hmm. he was having a sailboat built by the Pacific Seacraft factory that moved here to Washington. Yeah. Uh-huh. While that was going on, he would, he would come to Washington quite frequently to check on the progress of the boat. And you could see, he would fly himself here and land at Warren Airport out there. And huh. you could see his plane coming in. It was very mistakable. Oh, here comes Jimmy Buffett. Huh. Um, and most, of the time, most of the time when he came, he would go to Backwater Jack's here in town, which is like a Jimmy Buffett-themed restaurant. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. which just blew their minds when he walked in and sat yeah. and ordered a Buffett burger off the menu. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so I had, I had been tipped off that he was going to be there that day. And I uh-huh. was right. damn sure to be sitting there at a table when he walked in. Sure. <laughs> uh, but they had the, uh, the owner, Laura, who I'm friends with because our band plays there a lot had said, um, uh, yeah, I just want to let you know he's coming in. You can be you can be down here, but he does not want to be bothered while he's eating and doing his thing. After that, he's cool to, to go up and talk to him. You know, he don't want to be bothered while he's actually eating with his friends. I said, I totally mm-hmm. understand that. So I was able to catch him in the parking lot as he was leaving, and he just could not have been nicer. Um, uh, he stopped and had a really brief chat with me, and I said, can, can we get a picture together? He said, Absolutely. And he smiled like we'd known each other forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it ended up being a great photo that I will cherish forever. Um, and and yeah. Chuck, didn't you uh, didn't you have that photo up when you did your um, one of your Friday night shows? You did a Buffett themed show. I, I want to say you showed that photo then. Yeah, yeah, I had it yeah. up when I did the Buffett night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so. Um, Rumor has it that you have been in the Key West hidden studio. So that is a rumor. It's <laughs> just a filthy rumor going around. Okay. <laughs> no, you know what? I've, regrettably, I lived in Miami for a few years. I lived in Fort Lauderdale. I've never, I've been to Key Largo. I've never even been to Key West. Really? I know. I need to get down there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I've yeah, heard is. I've heard shrimp shrimp boat studio, I guess maybe is, is what they're they're referring to. I've heard that he's got a studio down there that's kind of the, yeah, the, I, the location um, is been, secret. I've been out I I I was with someone who found it this last summer. Um and I've been outside of it and took pictures outside of it. Um but you know it's not it's not marked that it's a studio, but um it's a studio like it's it, you know but it's yeah i mean i've been told it's his i yeah, don't know well, I, think, I think you're right i've heard about that yeah unfortunately so anyway. as of yet i have not been in it speaking of the uh the shows you did during covid you did the buffett show you did the who show which of course i love that and uh in fact you did some you didn't do the typical who songs you really dug deep on that a little bit well, Relay and- yeah, well, you know, I love those. I'm a big, you and I, we, we, that was one of our, other than the stones, one of our first bonding conversations was the who. Um, yeah. Cause you're a huge who fan. And I think, you know, around about the time we met and we're chatting about music, I think they had just, or shortly thereafter put out their new album, which was just called the who, wasn't it? The who it, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, right. I remember talking about that. And I thought about that. I'd sort of forgotten about that album and thought about it the other day. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was a pretty good album. And I just I, sort of- I really like I still if I'm taking a car trip somewhere, if I got to drive uh-huh. to Raleigh or I got a little bit of a drive ahead of me. That's one of my go to albums is that that who album to put on. I got to get back to that. Yeah, I did. I listened to it like crazy for a while. And then I kind of if something's not tangible, I was used to always have albums or CDs. And if I'm just streaming some, it's like, I forget about it. So uh, I totally agree. That is, that is a good one. But I really enjoyed those. Uh, I thought those shows were so cool. Yeah. And how did you enjoy that? Like comparing to act compared to actually playing live at places? 
Yeah, it was funny. Um, for the people that might not know, you're talking about when COVID first hit and everybody was really taking it seriously and restaurants were closed and all of my gigs were canceled. The band shows were canceled. Um, I started doing Facebook live shows on Friday nights because everybody was sitting at home with nothing to do. Whereas normally yeah. they would have gone out to a bar or to hear a band play. Um, and a lot of musicians did this, you know, who found themselves out of work. They took to doing Facebook live shows where people could tip them and they could still kind of make a little bit of money. Um, but I found I, I wasn't looking forward to it that much, but I found out after I did the first one that I almost enjoyed it. I won't say I enjoyed it more. There's nothing like playing on stage in front of people. Yeah. It was a whole different dynamic where um, it was more like people were watching, a, I guess because they were at home in front of their TV and quite, that's how I like to picture it anyway. I don't know what was going on, but I like to the picture they were sitting at home in front of their TV and everything was quiet and they were really paying attention. Yeah. To, <laughs> we were. Yeah. Not only like the, the songs that you're playing and the lyrics, but um, talking about music in between the songs. Uh, that's something mm -hmm. that's kind of, unless you're playing a theater where everybody's sitting in their seat with a ticket, you know, um, that's something that's lost when you're playing in a bar or a club, you know, where everybody's talking with their friends and bartender and ordering drinks, you know, people aren't paying attention to what you're t the stories you're telling in between songs. Maybe a couple of yeah. people are, but mm -hmm. just to have that uh, platform where I could really talk about music and tell stories about meeting Jimmy Buffett and why this song is important to me and, and then play the song. That was super, super cool. And I got such an amazing response from it of people saying yeah. actually that's what inspired me to start doing the podcast ah uh-huh okay the podcast wasn't a thing at that point but just um the really nice messages i got from people about how they enjoy listening to me talk about the music or the stories behind the songs yeah yeah um, made me think huh well, I, I really enjoyed talking about that i'm glad they enjoyed listening to me talk about that sometimes i yeah. felt like I was talking too much and they're probably getting bored um <laughs> but that kind of spurred the idea to why don't i do a podcast where um i'm not sitting here droning on by myself but i'm talking to another musician about these things yeah yeah and you really came across in those first few episodes of washington city limits you really reiterated to your guests that I really like talking about music. You know, it was, it was kind of, I thought, well, you were like, thought, that, yeah, you? <laughs> yeah. That, and, I, <laughs> and I thought, well, I'd enjoy talking to you about music too. And it was funny because, and the one, uh, uh, the one, the other episode I watched was the girl that the younger girl that played guitar. I can't think of her name. Laura Davis, Laura Davis. And I was like, I got to watch that. And, uh, and she's uh, a little more uh, reserved and quiet. And I remember you saying, I could just, I could just talk, talk, talk about music all night. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, Cause you just really want to talk it up. And, 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 and two, I wanted to mention too, I was really interested in that. Cause the one thing that was cool about her, she was fascinating because she could play so good. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world that she was a huge Prince fan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought I, I, I thought I, I, that was interesting too because her her real her her number one uh, inspiration was is Alison Krauss. Uh, yeah, which, which yeah. I totally get. You know, she she has that sound, she has that style, and then she comes mm -hmm. out with Prince, and you're like, whoa, whoa! <laughs> huh. That's like the opposite end of the spectrum from Alison Krauss. <laughs> I know that stuck with me. I thought yeah. I gotta say that because that that did interest me. I thought, oh really? Yeah, but it, that was that was cool though. Well, but yeah, I, she was fun to watch. The the one I listened to the other day, which um, this will plug that anyone who hasn't listened to it, you're going to get a lot of inside scoops on um, on Hollywood because there was an inside scoop about Britney Spears. Oh, is, yeah. that, um, <laughs> is that of uh, oh, Desiree? Desiree. Desiree. Yeah, um, I really loved that one. Um, but I'm, I'm listening to it and, and how she's, I think she's classically trained or she's on Broadway and... Um, and I was really digging that episode. And then you were like, yeah, and you, you toured with Britney Spears. And I was like, whoa, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Not, she wasn't singing, but she was kind of like a, a dance, uh, in yeah, the choreography of dancing. Yeah. yeah. 
but I wasn't expecting that at all. After the, I was listening to the whole show, and and then and then you said that, and I was like, whoa, what? Um, so yeah, it was kind of, that's funny you said that about Prince. But anyway, I really liked that episode too, and I was thinking, wow, you you're really. And then I was I was like, wow, he's really getting inside scoop here. And then when you said about um, so did you get any information about about the what was going on? I was like, and then I because I, I was walking and I literally like stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and i won't i won't tell the listeners they can go listen to the episode but yeah. it was a uh, real inside scoop on britney go listen to yeah the city limits yeah yeah um desiree's coming to my studio um next week to start working on an album oh yeah so i'm excited about that yeah yeah, yeah got some really great original songs do you enjoy that as much as as uh, writing your own stuff and performing, you know, producing other people? Yeah, I love it. I'm mm. good. Yeah. You're just hitting all aspects of things. I mean, yeah. that, that's what keeps it interesting, I guess. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. you know, not doing the same thing every day. Get to mix it up a little bit. But yeah. all, music, all music related. One of yeah. the questions really quick about, about um, the podcast someone asked is, when is it coming back? Yeah, we're taking a little break because <clears throat> the original – idea with the podcast was to have it <clears throat> excuse me on stage at the turnage theater mm. because it's sponsored by the turnage theater mm. um, and but COVID hit so we couldn't really do that and now we've kind of gotten through a couple of episodes we're, i guess we're going to call that the first season and now that the theater has opened back up um i actually have a meeting with them next week because they want to talk about incorporating it into they're starting to have uh, Friday night performances at the theater. The first Friday of each month will be some local artist or maybe a touring artist that happens to be passing through the area. Mm -hmm. We'll be playing a show on the first Friday of every month. There'll be live music at the theater. So we're trying to incorporate that into whoever the artist is performing that Friday night at the theater will be the guest on the podcast. Okay. So we're trying to iron out all those details and then the, okay. podcast, the podcast will return. Okay. Okay. Sometime, okay. sometime before the summer that will happen. Okay. As the Beatles, as a big Beatles guy, there's just something came off the top of my head the other day. And I, I wanted to ask Chuck what his five favorite Beatles related projects were that being either a Beatles titled Beatles album or a related solo project by one of the members. Uh, and Ringo counts too. Oh man, that's a tough one. <laughs> Honestly, I have to say the number one thing on that list above all other Beatles projects, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but the new get back documentary that Peter Jackson did that just came out uh, uh, Thanksgiving. I've heard everybody talk about it. And I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. I could not believe it as I was watching it. I just couldn't believe it that right that that footage exists. Number one, mm -hmm. that they've been able to restore it so brilliantly and perfectly. Wow! Yeah, and that I mean, for me, being a total Beatles geek, mm -hmm. um, I never thought I'd get to see anything like this. I mean, it's literally six hours of them in the studio in the studio together doing everything i've always wondered <laughs> you know yeah. how, how did george come up with his guitar part how did ringo how did they craft these songs you know you only hear the finished product on the record mm -hmm. now we've got six hours of incredible hd remastered footage of these four guys in the studio making an album together and I've already watched it three times. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's that 18 hours I've spent on it. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I just can't get enough of it. It's 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 the Beatles as I've always dreamed I would get to see them. And now wow. 50 years later, all of a sudden here it is. And nobody ever thought that this footage even existed. Huh? And I've heard so much like that just reading from different people i think i re read a little thing from uh jeff tweedy of wilco who is just like you were explaining that how he was just it was 
like a monumental thing in his life to watch this thing. That's how I felt. Although I can see where if you're not a big music geek, yeah, it could be a little tedious or or boring to some people because it's not a documentary where they're showing the Beatles in the studio and then they cut to an interview of Paul McCartney or something. It's Uh just a camera, multiple cameras on the Beatles in the studio. Sometimes they're just smoking a cigarette and talking to each other. Uh huh. Sometimes Paul's playing the long and winding road for 30 minutes on the piano, trying to figure out the chords that he wants for it. You know? I love stuff like that though. The, the unpolished, like the, just the raw stuff. I love that. For me, I couldn't take my eyes off of it, but for somebody that maybe isn't as into the Beatles or interested in music and the recording process, I could see where it would probably be six hours of it might get a little boring to them. But mm. For me, it was like, I wanted six more hours. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And you get that every time you start it over again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd, have to, I'd have to think to come up with four more. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, Revolver is maybe my favorite Beatles album. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'd put that on the list. Uh-huh. Um, the, the Beatles movie Help that came out in 65, 64, 65. Uh-huh. That was the thing that made me have to learn how to play a guitar. Right. Uh-huh. When I was a kid and I saw that, it just blew my mind that these guys, mm-hmm. seeing these four guys like in a band together playing and jo- they had, they had inside jokes with each other. And I was like, that's made me want to play music. Hmm. So probably that movie would be on the list too. So there's three for you. Yeah. And the first one could really probably count as five. <laughs> yeah, really good. Yeah, I was gonna say, I feel yeah, you I feel like you kind of said it all. I, but uh, that was interesting to me because I don't think I'd ever talked Beatles so much with you. But um uh, yeah, I'm I'm sort of with you. I, I love the uh I, I revolver I love and uh I've really always been infatuated with those first two John Lennon solo albums. Uh, Imagine Plastic Ono Man. I just yeah. love those. But um, yeah, you know, a couple of things like that. And then all the Beatles albums. The one quick I might throw on that list is George Harrison's last solo album he put out before he passed away called Brainwashed. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Somebody burnt a CD copy of that for me. And I haven't <laughs> listened to it in a long time, but I did like it. Fabulous record. Huh. And is that one of those Jeff Lynn produced? Yeah. 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 He, I know all those Jeff Lynn produced records. I, I love the way he, what he did for Tom Petty and George Harrison. They have that cool sound, just totally. a great sound with the acoustic guitars. And you can hear yeah. it. Absolutely. If you've never heard the song before, you can hear it and be like, Oh, Jeff Lynn produced that. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'll be getting that back out and listen to it. Give it a listen, week. man. It's a really, really nice album. That's cool. Well, um, the rapid fire questions, the rapid fire questions. This is like the late night TV version uh, <laughs> part of the show where we ask rapid we, fire questions. We think it's a good way to get to know someone uh, really well. Uh-huh. Lay it on. And, we, and we, we tailored some of them specifically for you. If you're ready, Chuck, we will uh, we'll proceed. Proceed. Here goes the rapid fire questions. OK, Chuck, New York or L.A.? New York. Beach or mountains? Beach, I guess. That's a tough one, though. (laughs) (laughs) I know the next one. Analog or digital? Analog, baby. (laughs) (laughs) The Ramones or Crazy Horse? Crazy Horse. (laughs) Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. (laughs) Cats or dogs? Dogs. Rita Hayworth or Greta Garbo? Oh, come on. Greta Garbo. <laughs> that was mine. I added that one. <laughs> uh, ocean or river? That's a Washington-tailored question. Ocean or river? Yeah, I'm a river fan. I mean, I, I love the ocean. Don't get me wrong. But I just like being able to have a dock right there with your boat sitting on it. And you can hop on the boat and run out. And, and Yeah. You can't really do that with the ocean. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. And when you're on that dock, ketchup or mustard? Mm, depends on what I'm eating, man. I love both of those. I know. It's a hard one. That's a tough one. Ketchup or, yeah, you got to, what's it going with? Then I can give you an answer. Oh. <laughs> Hot dogs. 
mustard. Okay. <laughs> if I have to pick one, but I'm, I'm putting both on. I mean, yeah, I'm putting both on my hot dogs. <laughs> to wrap it up, Beatles or Stones? Oh, God. I know. That's not fair, right? You know, yeah. You know how much. I don't have to tell you how much I love the Stones. Yeah. Uh, but if I have to pick an answer to the question, it would be the Beatles, just because that was my first love in music, you know? Yeah. That was what inspired me to become a musician was the Beatles. And then further down that path, I discovered the Stones. Hmm. I had a thing where it was like the Beatles in sixth grade, uh, the Stones in eighth grade and the Who in ninth grade. It went bam, bam. It's kind of like that. That's kind of how it was for me, actually. I don't know that uh that that would have been the grades, but it started with the Beatles and then went to the Stones and then it went to the Who. Okay, so this is the uh, question that we ask all of our guests, and we think it's the most important one, which is, what does a life well-lived mean to you? Yeah, I guess, you know, everybody's kind of a different answer to that. For me, I think it's just getting to wake up every day and pursue your passion and do what you love. Um, Because I did the desk job thing, you know, I sold real estate for a long time where I had to go into an office every day. That was fine, but I wasn't giving me any fulfillment and I wasn't excited about doing it every day. Um, now that I get to do music, which I, you know, I think it's clear just from my attraction to it at such a young age that there was just something in me that connected with that. So to be able to follow that and do that for a living and go out and play in front of people every weekend and during the week. <laughs> that's, that's a well-lived life to me. That's wonderful. That's how I imagined you answered that. Me question. too. That sounds great. Yeah. Also that I feel like I'm doing something that is a positive thing that brings other people joy, music, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why when we, we were, we, we've wanted to do this for a long time. And when we were had this list of people that we wanted to ask, which we're so thankful that you said yes to be on here, cool. um, you literally were in the top three. And, and it was people that we felt like inspired us that that is really living their life and, and presents a spark of um, inspiring that that is inspiring. So Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to talk to y'all about music. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, we are, we hope that when, at least when the temperatures warm up, that you'll come to Beaufort and play. Love love to. I have mentioned that too, about the Backstreet Pub. They got their outdoor beer garden. Yeah, definitely. Playing out there again. And, And at that point, it would be great to see you play out there. I played inside at the Backstreet Pub one time downstairs mm-hmm. in a little bar that's got the, you know, it's all brick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, impromptu. I was down there back when I had my sailboat. We were, we would pull up to the Beaufort waterfront for a night and um, walked, mm-hmm. over, walked over to that pub and I had my acoustic guitar with me. And oh. I sat in the pub and played some, played some tunes for everybody. <laughs> but hey, I'd like to do a proper gig there with the band. That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's the coolest bar in the U.S. Totally. We're going to share it in the show notes, but why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes. Well, all of my music is available on any streaming app you have. Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon, Google, Napster, Deezer. If you can think about it, my music's on there under Chuck Phillips. Um, On Instagram, it's Chuck Phillips Music. On Facebook, it's Chuck Phillips Music. And my website is, drumroll, <laughs> phillipsmusic.com. Okay. And we'll put all of this down in the show notes as well so that everyone can find you there. Yeah. The website has a has a pretty up-to-date calendar of all the gigs that the band's playing. And, oh, good. Okay. Whereas good. my social media kind of, it just gets posted like the week of the show. Well, that's good to know. That's great. Uh, and Chuck, man, this, is, this has been a pleasure for me. I, I think it's, this is a couple of, a year or so of backed up questions that's like, oh, I was like, ask Chuck that, you know. All right. Well, <laughs> so I got to sort of get it all out of my head and put it on paper and ask you. And uh, this has been a lot of fun for me. I've had a blast. Thank y'all for having me.
All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. And Chuck is such a great guy to talk to. Yeah, uh, that was really great. Yeah. He's so nice. Yeah. 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 Chuck's a, a really nice guy. And it was somebody I always had a fun time talking with. I, I uh, worked at, at a place that he played at for oh, about a six month period. And, um, and just realized right away that we really connected over music and uh, just had a real common bond over the same types of music and whatnot. And he was just always a pleasure and just always a easy, an easy kind of personality, you know, an easy guy to talk to. Yeah. And um, no real surprises here. Everything that, uh, you know, I got to talk to him about were things that I think think about sometimes were kind of fun to talk about before and we just kind of revisited a lot of those things and and I think it always sh- kind of shines through uh what shines through for him is his passion for music and I, I realize why he's a good student of music and I realize why he has uh come a long ways with all this and he's and since I've met him he's made some really good recordings uh, a couple good records mm-hmm. and uh I think it just shows just talking to him and what I took from this episode is why he makes good records. He's just a, he's just a student of music and uh, and a real passionate guy. I think his demeanor and everything on the, just, I, I don't know. He, you know, you know him obviously, I, I mean, much better than I do. And he just. Yeah. Well, he made it easy for us yeah. as far as being yeah. newbies at the interview game. He, he, uh, I mean, he's definitely a podcast. <laughs> he, I mean, recording and everything, he knows what he's doing. And yeah. it was a little, I, I going into it, I was a little, let's not kid ourselves. I was a lot intimidated by just <laughs> the recording aspect as well. Just, you know, knowing that, look, it's, it's not, it's not, um, a hidden thing here that we were not completely set up a setup studio, you know, <laughs> and, and he has a studio in his home. I mean, he has a recording studio. And so I was definitely intimidated from a logistics standpoint, but I was mm-hmm. also just like, okay, how is he going to be? I mean, I don't know him like that. And so he, it was just a warm and friendly conversation. It was just like we were sitting in our, we were sitting in our home, but it was like we were all sitting in our home and having a great conversation. And I thought yeah. it was really nice. And it probably wasn't so long ago. He's probably started out from a pretty similar situation. So he could be empathetic to our, our rogue setup here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things that I really liked was his Al Stewart story. The Al Stewart story was a, was a lot of fun. I was I was familiar with some of that, but not the whole story. And I, I really got I was really taken away by that. I yeah. thought the fact number one that uh, this show was an Oriental, and for for you all who are not from North Carolina, for you all who may be from North Carolina but aren't even familiar with Eastern North Carolina, for you all who are in Eastern North Carolina and who are not familiar with Oriental, it is tiny. And for a musician to be even having a gig in Oriental is, I mean, amazing. And then for him to even, you know, be looking, going, oh, next time this guy has a gig, I'm going to go. And for it to be in Oriental and then him just, you know, sail his boat over there and then meet him and then now be lifelong friends with him. It's just amazing. I mean, that whole story... And, you know, and I'm I'm going all over the place, but it kind of relates. Then we go to the Jimmy Buffett story. But that whole story about Al Stewart really is like one of Jimmy Buffett's books. Yeah, yeah. I was, gonna, you know, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I was I was thinking it sounds like a chapter out of a Nicholas Sparks uh, novel or something. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't know about that, but maybe a, maybe a Jimmy Buffett book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was a, a romance story, but I think that um, an adventure, adventure and well, a romantic setting, you know, a small seaside village and uh, stumbling upon and walking down a sidewalk, he bumps I into mean, him and talks to him. So that's that was really, crazy. Yeah. That's in, in that aspect. That's kind of what I meant. You know, it, yeah, it's um, a little bit of a storybook kind of thing. And you, you find yourself really engrossed in this story he's telling. Yeah, it was, it was really fun to hear that. I and for him to say, and he uh, he said it in there that he was really uh, 
giving us a an overview of all of these stories. I can't even imagine how many stories like that he has. So, oh, wow. Yeah. I just really, really enjoyed it. And I, yeah, I mean, we, we this show was, was an hour. I mean, looking at the recording of what we did with him was an hour. And I can't even imagine if we went into all of the stories that we wanted to go into. Well, yeah. And I think he had a few more, unfortunately, a few that I knew of from talking to him personally. And, you know, you can't get to them all, but... Yeah. He's a he's a lucky person to have, have uh, uh, met a few of his uh, heroes. You yeah, know, music and then, heroes. And then his answer, of course, to the question that we love to ask anyone that we encounter, but of course on this show, is what a life well lived means to you. And I love that he, uh, you know, has done the expected nine to five and decided that was not for him, which we can totally relate to. And I just love that he is doing what he loves, his passion, and, uh, you know, uh, bringing joy to others. And that that is what a life will live means to him. And that really, I guess, is no surprise when you think about um, maybe the commonality of the, the type of people who inspire us. Oh, yeah, I definitely say so. And I think he set the bar high for me anyway, because at, at this point, I, I really enjoyed that, the back and forth banter and conversation with him enough that it's uh i I only hope i can we can equal that with and i know we will but i'm just saying that (laughs) this time because uh that was that was a really fun time yeah yeah well listen you know if you want to know um the details about chuck of course he talked about it on the show but we do have them linked in the resources the show notes of this episode they're all on our website arnartventures.com uh, if you can't find them in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please screenshot it, share it on your Instagram, tag us, Arnart Ventures, and of course, tag Chuck Phillips. He is Chuck Phillips Music. And let us know that you enjoyed it. Of course, we'd also love it if you could take a moment to please give us a five-star review. We actually have a really easy link for that now. And well, of course, we will link that in the show notes. But you can also go to lovethepodcast.com slash Ventures. It really means a lot. And if you want to be in the know and uh, know about upcoming podcast guests, then you can go to arnartventures.com slash podcast and sign up to get on the email list to know uh, prior to the recordings and submit questions that we will uh, possibly ask on the episodes. Well, until next time, uh, enjoy the journey you're on. I know we are, and we're wishing you lots of adventures. Bye. Bye.